0: So um, just let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, as a small business owner uh, and especially having an ecosystem uh, where you actually uh, invite people to come sit and really share their knowledge, work in your physical space, uh, host events, attend events. How have you been dealing with the, with the coronavirus crisis, given the fact that many places have shut down and there is really no activity for events? So share with us a little bit of your experience with that.
1: So
2: the, the as, as uh, folks who follow us know, we're, we're in our third year at IN3, and the experience that we found and the lessons that we learned was that events um, and the gathering of people in the physical space uh, was the foundation for everything else that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, the, our target audience was in search or still probably still is in search of a community to be part of. Um, a community to contribute to, a community to find support from. And that's the path that we were on. And um, as I said in the, uh, the last uh, podcast we did, you know, we were starting to turn the corner. We were getting a tremendous amount of um, uh, increase in the leads for events, for individuals to rent the space, for programming. We were starting to get a lot more traction on social media. And on our mailing list, we were getting more clicks. And so we, we had started to turn that corner where we were a brand that people were familiar with. Um, they started to understand what we were about. And, um, you know, that was the community. With, that was like the backstop of everything. The strong community support everything else. Um, that has changed. Without events, it uh, becomes a challenge to build our mailing list. And the mailing list is what generated the leads for all of the the programs and the services, um, and, and then also for us to send out the newsletters too to kind of inform people what we're about. So we need to now transition to a new business model that uh, we had accounted for previously, but um, weren't planning on transitioning to quite so early.
0: So given your technology background, how you have been able to somewhat integrate quickly the technology side? So give us a little bit of your um, your pivot or your quick integration of technology and especially with Future Written in Code because you were providing those classes uh, already and so you had to move the classes from a physical space to the online space.
2: And so we, we um, have been running our Futures Written in Code, um, our technology training program, um, which was originally uh, location-based, people would come to IN3, we would teach, we'd lecture, we'd have office hours, we kind of help people work through their program, um, through their challenges in the um, software that they're working on or whatever language they were learning. Um, Transitioning it to online creates a whole different set of experiences. You don't have the kind of one, it's a lot more, it's more challenging to have the one-on-one interaction Um, with the class participants. Um, For those who understand coding, it's a lot harder to kind of pair code um, with someone to look at the problem with them and kind of work through the issues. Uh, But we still have the content and we're still generating new content that um, we just need to start to push to different channels now. So we need to take the same content that we were using. Um, I've started to um, work on an ebook now based on the VJS course that we spoke. That we did. I have some recorded content from it. I have um, some YouTube videos that we've already posted that are associated with it. And so the idea is to, you know, start to make that transition online a lot quicker than we had initially planned. We'll do the same. The plan is to do the same with the Growing Glow workshops that we're running. We have another gaming workshop that we need to run. And then we finally have uh, our in uh, 3 labs that uh, we need to run. The I think the advantage that we have is because, as you stated, Clearly Innovative is a technology-based company. I think that's a lot easier for us to transition to tech because we are a tech organization. I think that because we're used to kind of working in this iterative sprint model that we can quickly try things and adjust based on how they work out because it's just, it's just how we've always have done things. Um, I think the... I think the bigger challenge overall is there's a difference between the social media experience that individuals have online mm-hmm. and the online experience when it's about how do I eat and how do I you know take care of my family its it's It's a lot different than looking at my new shoes or my fingernails or my haircut Or i mean it's a, it's a different thing now <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it's a different reality definitely
2: and, and I think that you know, I'm still. I still look at stuff on Instagram, and like people are posting pictures of you know, the, you know, the, the glamour shots and all this other stuff. Like, like, is that really what's going to get you through this? You mm-hmm. know, from a business perspective, right? I'm going to want to hire you for your business because you look good in that outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> is that where we are now?
1: good
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, It's going it's to be interesting to see. I mean. I saw a post on Instagram today and some guy said, Stop looking at all these get rich quick schemes and pick one and do it. Mm -hmm. Stop -hmm. foolishness. I mean, it's time to focus.
0: Yes, yes. You know, it's funny because uh, a lot of the, uh, I watch Shark Tank. I'm I'm an enthusiast of Shark Tank. And one of the great things that I've heard a couple of them say is that there is no um, leap toward to success you know everybody has to climb the ladder of success um some me you know having a shark tank uh, partner or an investor obviously you guys you can kind of climb quicker you have a better support to, to climb up but reality is it's hard hard work and a lot of grit and a lot of thinking of bandwidth your brain bandwidth and so i go back and talk about you know as a small business owner especially that as as we were talking earlier, the first the first question of of the the this uh, talk was the space. The, your your one of your the actual model is to have a physical space, having entrepreneurs come and do their workshop, you know, participants and so on and so forth. So now that you've been able to pivot, you know, we talked about this earlier. Is what is the reality of others who are not like you, right? Uh, because you have a technology background, you know. I always tell tell you that you can code overnight a whole app, and you know. And I don't even think that you would look tired after coding for hours. So, technically, uh, thinking about the seventy some odd ecosystems that are, or, or incubators or co working spaces that are minority owned that don't have a tech background that don't are not tech enabled, what did, what would you say? Want to them in terms of how because Obviously, and I don't believe that they're the ones, you know, snapping them shot in the glamour, glamour uh, dress or nails or cars. But they're mostly those ones that are saying, "Oh my God, you know, our communities are going to be affected because I don't have money to pay rent because my members can't attend, and so on and so forth." So, what would be your 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 uh, thoughts about that? I mean,
2: my first thought is the same challenge that. You know, when we speak to entrepreneurs currently, and, uh, you know, one of the things I've always said is it's like, I think the expression is, why are you trying to teach someone how to be a chef when they're still hungry? Mm. Mm. And I think we're back to that now, right? So before, you know, as you stated, you know, from the reports, there's like 70-something Black-owned and operated spaces uh, focused specifically on, you know, people of color entrepreneurs, and they were all struggling before right? We all have been struggling um, to find funding, to find support, um, to, to get enough critical mass to justify our existence. And now most of us are just trying to figure out, you know, forget about our members. It's like, how do we survive?
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's
2: like, how do we get to the other side? Um, so then we can start to support the ecosystem all over again. And, you know, our strategy is clearly to, to move on. Our strategy is to take the um in three nation software that we started working on before which allows us to create an online uh, community um, of our members um and figure out how we can spin that up quicker you know Mm -hmm. figure out how do we take the content that we are generating from our programming that we have now and also from our programming library from the summer camps that we did for kids from some of the courses that we ran last year um And, you know, potentially from some of our other partners that could be put on our online platform and uh, pushed out to support entrepreneurs, um, either through our own memberships or, you know, once we kind of get most of the kinks out, figure out a strategy of how is it an offering that we can present to some of the other ecosystem builders who share a similar mission as we do.
1: The,
0: um, good, because, you know, um, how do you see... So before I ask this question, let me ask the the, the other side of the question is uh, the um, funding, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, you don't get the local funding, you don't have a state funding or depending on where you are, and you don't have federal funding, right? And um, we talked about the wonderful stimulus that has been uh, um, approved and being dispensed. How has, um, have you applied and if you have applied, what's the process and what, what have you thought? Is it something that anyone can do and uh, what is the response thus far?
1: Well, I mean, it, it, my, my,
2: my, my overall opinion is that it, it's a, it's a, it's, it was flawed from the start to assume that the same banks that currently don't support small businesses and currently make it difficult for small businesses, especially minority owned businesses to get loans. Why would anyone think that it's magically going to change now? And I think that when this is all said and done and the postmortem is done and we look at the data, you're gonna see that the same people who didn't get the loans before aren't getting the loans now. Mm. Um, We've applied for our loans, we have not heard back, We've heard from our bank, which is, don't worry, it will be okay. Uh, but you see in the paper that they're saying that most of the money will run out by the close of business today. Um, we have not heard anything back from our bank. Um, most of the other banks will only take applications from clients. You know that black and brown folks are underbanked,
1: mm-hmm, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah. go get money from a bank that wouldn't give you a loan before.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah.
2: and and you think that suddenly things are going to be different now. I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath. To be honest with you, I think that it's going to be really, really bad. I mean, it. it I mean, I try not to think about it. That's how bad I think it's going to be. Right.
0: <laughs> from a from a positive note, like the meaning in terms <laughs> of you know how like the optimism and all that. I, I can
2: be optimistic uh, about it, but I mean. Uh, I, I think I think part or, of the problem is that we're too often we're optimistic and we're not being realistic.
0: Yeah, um, that's what I was gonna say, pivot to is that the realistic in you. What would you say?
2: But, yeah. But so so here's what here's what I think will happen. Right. So I am blessed that I have a COO slash CFO who has a finance background who is very quickly able to pull again pull together. First of all, there's two things. A Reading through the documentation to understand what the requirements are. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, She was able to read through them, understand them, pull together the forms because we had the proper infrastructure in place to make sure that we could pull together all those documents very quickly, right? So, like, that's a level that you need to be at just to get in the game. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: so, first, you have to ask, like, how many of these small-owned businesses out there? can just say, oh, let me pull those out of my files. Or, oh, I know where to get all this information and then easily apply. Like, you can't go to your bank and say, hey, help me. All right. Right? right. stop
0: so yeah. Yeah, so it's,
2: like, it's, it's it, it, you know, it's, it's, there wasn't a lot of thought put into how do you address the folks that are at the fringes
1: mm.
2: is where we always are. We're always at the fringes.
0: But, okay, so let, 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 let's, that's a very good point because, you know, at the end of the day, I, this is something that I think we've, uh, we've discussed a lot, right? Because minority-owned businesses are always in the fringes. They're the last mile. Um, they're, the more, they're the first one in line that, that are affected, in, affected by many uh, incidents of life. Um, but what does it teach us? Right? It teaches us that they're not utilizing technology because you're more efficient today because, yes, you do have uh, a CFO that is extremely capable and has been doing it, her due diligence and so on and so forth. But it's also because you've been utilizing technology to ensure that there's a reporting and so on and so forth. So in terms of of small businesses, especially you being a technologist, you being you know a techno- technology company owner, one of the things, even uh, while we uh, were providing some of the workshops, we've noticed that a lot of companies, a lot of people don't utilize technology, right? Yeah. So it, what does it tell you?
1: It, um, it tells you
2: that, you know, the thing that I've said before is, you know, people always say the tech industry, to tech industry. I believe tech is so pervasive that it's, it's hard to say, to see the separation between what the tech industry is and what kind of industry is in general. I mm-hmm. think that, the The haves and the have nots will be become clear and will be based on who are the people that have a in the past leveraged technology to their advantage and b can pivot to start to leverage it to their advantage so that they can get through this successfully um you know people struggling to figure out how to get on zoom or meet or hang out to have a, a conference call or to do a meeting or to do a presentation I mean things are going to be bad for you
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> right.
2: You know, how are you going to convince a client or someone to kind of do work with you if you can't communicate with them
1: effectively? Mm Hmm. mm
0: Hmm. So, so if your experience with uh, if you had to refer other small businesses on how to go about the uh, wonderful SBA loan, what would it be?
2: Um, It would be find someone who can support you with it. I mean, this is. I mean, this is one of the times when it's like where are the uh the local small businesses organizations?
1: Right? Mm-hmm.
2: I mean this this is when they should be shining. Right. Mm-hmm. This is when you should be seeing all over social media and every place, Here, call us for support. Yeah you know schedule mm-hmm. an office hour so we can kind of help you with the process.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
2: This mm-hmm. is when you start to um this is when you start to basically earn your keep. Right.
1: Right. Like it's something
2: that we spoke about internally, like how can we set up to do that? But we got to like, we need to get ourselves straight first. Right,
0: right.
1: Yes, 100%. We
2: can start to figure out how to help other people. So our goal is, you know, once we get our stuff straight and we don't have to worry about how we can survive, then we can start to figure out some of the best practices of what we learned and how can we kind of share them with others. Mm. Internally, I, I, I spoke with Denise about that. I'm like, hey, Denise, you understand this stuff. We need to figure out how to start creating some documentation that we can kind of push out to our members and to other folks and kind of things that they need to look out for. I mean, at, at a minimum, we can do a post-mortem when this is over and kind of talk about the lessons learned, what could we have done better and what things small businesses can do in preparation for the next round because, you know, people are saying there'll be a next round. But even today, you know, we were going through the paperwork because we're trying to find other banks to apply to since our bank hasn't responded to us, and they changed the rules, right? Oh, do you, what do you mean? They, they, they added additional requirements for documentation um, for your loan that wasn't there when they started the program last week.
0: Mm. Oh, how interesting. I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yes. Yeah, so more, more requirements. More okay. requirements, yes. That becomes uh, more hurdles for uh, small but businesses. And, more know, hurdles for small business. businesses, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. But um, it is, it is uh, definitely... <laughs>
2: it must be positive for me. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 because I was gonna, you know, say, you know, there's a, some opportunities that lay ahead. There are right?
2: definitely some opportunities. I, I think the other thing that's that's uh, interesting is, and I saw someone tweet about it today. This is a great opportunity for all the people with the shitty ideas to let like, go the shitty ideas and try
0: again. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's very you know, true.
2: So, like the, your your idea that wasn't going anywhere before,
0: mm-hmm. you know. You now have
2: time to step back and reflect and say, all "Right, why wasn't it going anywhere? What lessons can I learn, and what else can I do?" Right. Um, yeah. I think that that there's an opportunity for the entrepreneurs who are able to look beyond this
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
2: and start to say, "What does the world look like when this is over, and how do I position myself to take advantage of that world?" Yes. You know, yeah. like that's what we're trying to do now is saying, you know. So for me, without a doubt, um, it's now all about the brand.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like
2: we are pushing the, our features written in code, our growing glow, our NG Labs, um, as as a brand, so that people, when they're looking for services, and it's not about it's no longer about, hey, how do I get over to Georgia Avenue and go to IN3? Right. It,
1: it,
2: it's gonna be a while before that's mm-hmm. what it's about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's the cool, where's the cool spot to hang out? I mean, I don't want to shit on WeWork because you don't want to kick someone down, but, you know, mm-hmm. WeWork's whole brand was about the physical location.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. So, like, they got a lot of shit to figure out.
1: And that's right. <laughs> that's
0: right. Especially since their investor pulled
2: out. Yeah, the investor pulled out. They're having problems, you know, paying their rent, and they're ha- you know, I don't like. It's going to be a while for people want to come and sit in a co-working space next to some stranger.
0: Hmm. Indeed. Indeed.
2: Yeah. And so, if that's what you were about, like if that if that was your offering, then you have a problem, and you mm-hmm. need to figure out something new.
1: Yeah and
2: and figure and and for them in my opinion that was their brand
1: yeah right yeah
2: Yeah. and um that world has come and (laughs) gone
0: and And so it it uh, falls in line with what I think we've been talking about for a year. And if anybody has listened to your in three talks for the last year, is uh, the virtual world, the digital world, the online world. So online education. You know there's an interesting book called The Global Wars on Jobs, which is saying that all undergraduate degrees by twenty between twenty and twenty twenty five, and onward, it will be online, and today most of the schools are providing everything online. one of the things that you have uh, been they're able trying to... to yes, they're trying to they're struggling because they never really were on the pulse right yeah. if If a place like n three has been able to develop on a better at the better level the n three Grow app, which yeah. is an education uh, platform that and now even earlier we were talking is that there's an urgency to to, to hone it, to, to, to make sure that it's refined enough for, for the launch. Um, because you see the need and uh, the underserved community, especially the highly potential people, they, they are not going to have the, 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 the tools that are necessary to thrive in the 21st century. Because it is a digital world. And so uh, one of the things that we talked about uh, throughout the year is how Everybody has to develop their talent online and so there was an article that I read and I sent it to you I hope and we are going to talk about this which is how talent is still needed for growing list of remote work for performers from promos testimonials to video games web series and voiceover work, right something that uh, It's not just a game future written in code is all about so I want you to talk to us a little bit now um especially because you are developing a gaming uh, uh, app um so talk to us one about the gaming world the virtual world i know you've been sending me some articles about uh a lot of the sports going online so let's let's talk about that because that's an opportunity right yeah. because in three you may not have the physical location but in the virtual world you're already launched you like, don't, you know
1: so, so
2: we're we had had um, started working a lot of the the funny thing is a lot of these things were what we saw ha- as like first quarter next year goals that we were striving toward in regards to our online platform so the in three nation application our online kind of um, membership education platform that we had started working on you know we were our goal was like it was a background task that we would work on we our goal was to hopefully you know, first quarter next year, we'd start to launch it, get some people on it. No real rush, right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, The same thing with our our social gaming platform. you know, we were like, all right, we can build this and we'll slowly pilot it with our kind of in-house stuff and eventually we'll move it online. So we saw the future coming. We just didn't think it was going to come as quickly as it has. right. right. So now the question is, you know how do we reallocate resources appropriately to get those platforms up and up and running and start to pilot them and get them productive and then figure out a way to kind of, you know, make money on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, The basic idea is that, um, even before the lockdown, there was a lot of social ac- activity and relationship building and a lot of things going on, um, specifically in, in gaming ecosystems. Um, people looked, for uh, individuals that shared common interests with them in games. They would like to play the games together, chat together, share stories, photos, screenshots, and everything about um, their time on this platform with that group of people. And so um, we're we're building a social gaming platform that can support that through um, leagues, um, tournaments, and matches uh, as part of our uh, in three, it's not just a game. And then, as you mentioned before, our uh, Grow Glow platform, which has been kind of working, we just haven't really put a lot of effort behind it because, uh, you know, our our business model was about three physical locations, mm-hmm. and these for generating revenue based on bringing people through the front door.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Talk about We'll talk about that. But yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's it's not. Funny. Pending. <laughs> it's an challenging
2: business proposition to mm. present to a potential investor in this climate.
1: Mm-hmm. Clearly. I, yeah.
2: maybe <laughs> that's a better way to put it. I think that there's more interest in uh, platforms that can um, reach potential customers based on the current environment,
1: mm-hmm.
2: based on where people's minds will be in the future. I mean, they're talking about you know, not having—I think Microsoft said they're not going to do any of their any of their developer conferences until 2021. Like
1: yeah. not, um, yeah.
2: talking about concerts and stuff that happened till 2021. Yeah. Right? So it was like, how do we how do we still reach customers, um, build brand awareness, um, and figure out strategies to generate revenue based on that model? And so that's where we think our online platform will come from. Uh, you know, the as you mentioned, a lot of the sports have moved online. NASCAR got over a million people watching, you know, guys racing in the virtual world. Um, NBA 2K is doing something with the NBA. Um, You know, video games are, you know, esports have now kind of moved to the forefront. Uh, The folks that used to sit in the dark in the basement and play games are now in high demand to figure out how can they reach other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And the brands will be very quickly right behind. Mm -hmm. um, Because that's where the money is and that's how you can get access to individuals at this point.
0: And so and it goes back to what you've been saying about the esports world, the gaming world, which you've introduced me to it, you know. Uh, I used to play Nintendo twenty-five years ago and <laughs> in the Atari, <laughs> but I didn't even know like in twenty-first century this many people used to play until like, Hey man, look at the numbers. And I went to look at the business number, and I'm like, Oh my god, this is unbelievable, right? And so but what do you what I want us to to really I mean this is an opportunity right because many people are saying that there is no there aren't any opportunities in terms of the usual retail and so on and so forth because you can't have the physical uh, you have that the physical distancing but the online world the gaming world is making money. It's,
2: it's so making- the world is making money. Um, so I I think there's opportunities in the gaming space. Mm-hmm. I think there's. I think the question is, how do you look at what your what your strength is, what your core competency is, and how does it fit in this online world?
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: before that's what they said to all the retailers. You know, you need to get online. You need to get online. And so everyone said, "All right, let me build an e-commerce storefront." So everyone wow. got that. now we need to move beyond that. Like, right. what's the next step beyond that? So, for example, you know, it's great to have a storefront, but you know, people still want that personal experience, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it was like, how do I have that same experience as I would have of walking in a store and talking to someone to get information about a product um, online, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if you have the money and you know, I run a small retail shop, how, how do I, for lack of a better word, do the equivalent of office hours for my shoppers, right? All right. Right. So my shoppers can come and state that they're interested in this product, that product, or whatever, and schedule a time to have a conversation. So those type of personalized services that used to only be available to those who can afford a personal shopper or mm-hmm. that one-on-one
1: mm-hmm.
2: almost become a way of survival now, right? right. Even right. if you don't do it as one-on-one, you can do online gatherings where you want to say, hey, at this time, we're going to talk about these products. Mm-hmm. So it starts to kind of create that relationship. Uh, kind of creates a drive and creates kind of like something that people can put on their calendar say, hey, here's a time I could come connect to this brand. Mm-hmm. And in, so it's like stepping back and thinking about things like that.
0: Yes, and so, you know, there are two legs of what you said uh, that I want to touch upon. One is the consumer base of today is mainly, you know, the what the, the at least the market trends say is that there is a millennia generation, right? The millennia generation... Uh, even uh, younger than millennia generation, and you were telling me about this game that I have no clue about. But uh, they were buying coins or something yeah, like Animal that, Crossing. buying product Animal Crossing and buying stuff and producing. So there's a whole world, a virtual world, where they're actually right now monetizing on. Right, yeah. that's one leg. The second part is the. The intimacy that is being created is, uh, as a retailer or whatever vendor that you are, is the community part. Which was the, our last uh, discussion. Is what you were talking about was um, how do you build a community? You know, it's really community impact because your your customers become your community, and the way you build a community is through information, love, interconnectivity, and so on, inter- interaction. And so I want you to talk about, one is that whole uh, animal walking, crossing no, animal, no, that no,
2: game, no. <laughs> that thing. Um, the last the point though, what you said is, is that is kind of going back to the brand, is that the community becomes your brand ambassadors.
0: That's yeah. right.
2: That's, That's how right. it continues to grow. And mm-hmm. so you need to look beyond just the transactional, hey, I got you to buy something from me next. It's like, how can I build a better relationship with you so that you can share that experience, which once again experiences, with others so that they want to come and, and have that similar experience with me as a uh, service provider. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's funny that you did mention Animal Crossing. I don't know that much about it other than a lot of people are playing it but the the interesting thing is it's a it's a virtual world that people have kind of just latched onto as a way to kind of escape from their everyday world um making new relationships um running businesses actually buying and selling items but the interesting thing about it is like as a business owner it's something that you should be aware of. It's like people are spending hours in a virtual world, building relationships with complete strangers, buying and selling goods complete I mean, although they're virtual, with complete strangers, and building relationships, right? Yeah. So it's, so the question should be like, how do I learn from that experience? And translate it from virtual goods and virtual relationships and virtual transactions into something that can be sustainable for my business. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It goes back to what I said before: is that everyone just to, you know, not everyone. A lot of people looked at what was happening in video games and what was happening in esports. Is like they they couldn't see the connection to reality. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Um. I think they need to start paying attention. <laughs> I mean, I think they will start paying attention now. Um, I w- I saw on YouTube the other day um, two professional baseball players playing um, um, a video simulation of baseball. Oh, and I think it was getting thousands of views. And and what they and what they're doing is and and it's and it's it's great because they're they're building personal relationships with the fans in ways that they never could have engaged with before.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
2: Because mm-hmm. it literally is two guys like we are right now on a zoom, <laughs> two guys playing a video game and talking with each other about the game and their experience and life and just everything. And like houses of people are watching this.
0: Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Interesting. Right?
2: I guarantee you in a couple of weeks you will start seeing sponsors on these things.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And you know, people will figure out how do I monetize this stuff?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's mind boggling, but you know, one, one last note, cause I think we're ready long. It, it's, it's mind boggling what people will watch. So like, I think you, I told you, I I posted this video, watch me code.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it was like 20 minutes of nothing but me coding something. And I did not speak once in the whole thing.
0: Yes, I right? remember
2: that. Yeah. That, that you know, like, people take me like, how come you're not talking?
0: <laughs>
2: and um, that video got over 300 views in 24 hours.
0: Mm. How interesting. I can't believe somebody watched for 20 minutes in silence. It reminds you of the silent movies,
2: right? When I look at the statistics, I look at the statistics on YouTube, actually i'm uh-huh. looking at it right now i posted where is it i posted it on april 8th there's been 310 views i posted another video on the 10th it's got 461 views these are just of me coding
0: and silence
2: no the one the one with 461 views i'm talking in that one
1: okay.
2: the, the silent one is kind of leveled out it kind of peaked the first day and it's kind of leveled out but the one with me talking is kind of doing a little bit better and they're averaging only about 10 to 15% of people get all the way through the video.
1: Like mm-hmm.
2: it's really high for like the first minute or two and then it drops, but it's just still amazing that, and I, and I think that if you're not generating video content right now, you're a fool. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. Um, r- the interesting thing and I've seen it is cause a lot of the videos that I generate, there's an associated blog post that goes along with them. Mm-hmm. The, people are lazy. People want to watch stuff. They don't want to read stuff.
0: That's right. That's right. Video stuff
2: will live on for way longer than the print stuff will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, um,
1: it's,
2: uh, it's interesting that the, and I also saw the other day, this company now has allowed you to take your kind of pre-roll of your YouTube videos and connect them to your Instagram page.
0: And oh, interesting. Drive,
2: guess, and drive you from your Instagram page back to your YouTube channel which didn't exist before.
0: Oh, how interesting. So they're becoming more interconnected amongst uh, the social media platform, the video platform, I mean, video yes, content platform.
2: Becoming more and more interconnected.